You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan. I'll be with you for the next hour or so. I will be looking at all the kind of latest in tech and answering answering any questions you might have. So um, if you want to give us a call, you can call 069-66200 or you can text 087-166-9800. This show is pre-recorded, but... Uh, if you have any questions, uh, you know, I, I'll be more than likely doing a bit of research and stuff anyway. So uh, you can uh, leave them anytime. And that text number, the 087 is also WhatsApp. So if you have any longer questions, you can send it there. Or you can email reception102 at gmail.com. And you can tag that for Tech Thursday or for Patrick Sheehan, myself, and I'll get it. And uh, I can look into anything tech-related, TVs, laptops, Anything like that, I, uh, that's the, a personal hobby of mine. So I can look it up and have a look and uh, give you the best answer that I can find anyway. So let's have a look at what's going on in tech today. Uh, goodbye Funky Hacks, this says. This is an article in The Verge. Uh, you'll soon be able to download albums on the Spotify desktop app. Um, now you can download albums too. Spotify's desktop app refresh seems to be rolling out users. Actually, I noticed uh, in Spotify as well that they have, when you go to, where's my phone? When you go to the Spotify app, they have, um, when you go to your library, you have music and podcasts. No, maybe it was there all along, but I just noticed it now because I listen to like the Joe Rogan podcast and things like that. And uh, it's handy that you can just flip between your music and your podcast. It's making it easier. The video still has a few problems. Um, the You know, some of the new podcasts and things now on Spotify have video as well. But uh, it doesn't work on TVs and it's it's not as say as streamlined as the likes of YouTube and things like that but uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan and he was saying that he was talking to Spotify and they're working on it so they're planning improvements and things like that but this is another update that they're after doing so also features uh, what did what was it again Spotify's desktop app re- desktop app refresh seems to be rolling out to users and it brings with it a few handy features album downloads uh, the app has supported downloading playlists uh, to your computer for a while the update should make it easier to keep your library managed if you want to keep the music going even when you're offline Uh, It is worth noting that the feature is uh, limited to premium subscribers. According to Spotify's documentation, free users are only able to download podcasts. Uh, Downloading an album works similarly to downloading a playlist. Just navigate to the album's page and press the download button. It should then be available the next time you go offline uh, into offline mode. This should make it easier to manage your offline library if you're the type of person who's particular about what you want to listen to. Uh, yeah, that's true. Like a lot of people download albums because they say an album tells a story. You know, each song is kind of connected. There, there's a team throughout an album and they might li- want to be on a long road trip or want to listen to the whole thing and maybe they might have internet and stuff. So it's good to be able to, I suppose you could, uh, you could theoretically download each song individually and put it into a playlist and call it the name of the album anyway or something if you wanted but this makes it easier yeah so that's a good idea there was no like if you can download each song anyway why not just download an album and uh, be able to download an album so that's a good idea windows 10 timeline feature is going away a logical change giving the discontinuation of the ios and android cortana apps yeah, I was never a. I tried Cortana when it when I installed Windows 10 first, and no, I just never. I don't know. It's not. It's very hard to get something to match the likes of um, Google's one, even Siri. But uh, Siri isn't brilliant. You know, I actually was. List, I know I'm going back to Joe Rogan again, but I was listening to him the other night, and uh, he was showing off how you can make notes using Siri to somebody. And he said, you know, hey, Siri, to talk to it. And it it took him 15 attempts to get it to work. <laughs> it was very bad, very bad. And he says he uses it a lot. Now, I'm sure it's norm- not normally that bad, but I think uh, the I think the Google Assistant is definitely um, ahead of the game uh, when it comes to all the other ones. The Samsung one as well is famously uh, not great either. 
Uh, Windows 10 is officially losing its once ambitious timeline feature. Microsoft announced today a timeline was first launched in 2017 and was designed to make it easier for users to swap between multiple devices, transitioning seamlessly from Windows 10 PC to an Android or iOS phone and back again. It's no surprise the timeline is getting... Uh, depreciated uh, as it was a feature that heavily relied on Microsoft's Cortana Assistant, which would prompt users to resume tasks from device to device. Cortana was a particularly important part of the building out of the timeline experience on iOS and Android devices, which Microsoft obviously had less control. Given that Cortana's prevalence in Windows has been heavily diminished and the mobile app completely discontinued, it makes sense that Microsoft would sunset timeline as well. It's a pity they didn't, because it's a good idea to be able to jump, because most people use Android or Apple uh, phones, and mo- I'd say most people use a PC, Microsoft PC. Although, you know, a lot of people use Macs, but definitely not as much, because the, the, the starting price point would be much higher than the starting price, price point of PCs. And, um, you know, if you want to, say, change out hard drives and add RAM and do different things uh custom builds and things like that it's mostly pcs you'd be doing um so it was a good idea to have it bounce between them but why not just take the cortana part out of it why not just have it um have it just uh, like you press a button or something or you go to the start menu and you jump between you have you know where you have your list of devices uh, like hard drives you plugged in and things like that. Why not have your phone and something there where you can click on it and jump between it and things like that and answer messages and whatever you have or answer calls. And yeah, like you can open WhatsApp web or something like that. So I think they could have uh, adapted it. Yeah. Um, the Q4 Audi e-tron is Audi's best shot yet at selling a lot of EVs. Uh, so this is I'm just having a look at the picture it's in um, theverge.com yeah it kind of looks like a like a Q5 or something or like a smaller one I don't know if there's a Q3 if there is like a smaller um, rounded off front and it's not a bad looking one actually a lot of them I don't know they try to I know the electric cars don't need like cooling in the front so they just make it flat plastic and kind of rounded off and <laughs> Sometimes, I don't know, just they want the EV look, but sometimes I, I prefer it just to look like a kind of a standard car or something. Have the cooling, you know, have a bit of a vent there and have it just go towards the brakes or something, you know. But I think this one, the the Q4 e-tron, does a kind of good job of it. Um, it's kind of like a fake grill, you know. It's like a, a black plastic with, like, silver squares all around it to look like grates of a grill or something like that uh, Audi is undertaking uh, is taking wider aim at the growing market for electric vehicles with a new compact EV uh, the Q4 e-tron is the Q4 Sportback e-tron and the Q4 Sportback e-tron revealed on Wednesday and due out later this year uh, the two electric SUVs are far more affordable than the flag- flagship e-tron but also don't skimp on things like range up to 300 miles and futuristic tech uh, 300 miles it's it's alright I suppose um, yeah they need to be they need to be up there with like the diesel cars though and stuff like I get up to like I've got up to 900 kilometers out of out of my uh, of course well I suppose like if you have like a 5 series 2 litre petrol or something it wouldn't be doing a whole lot more than that anyway I suppose um, the new electric SUVs also represent a strategic shift of sorts because they'll, uh, they're the, the first models Audi will build on the modular electric vehicle platform designed by parent company Volkswagen. The architecture which Volkswagen uh, refers to as the MEB platform is powering everything on the Volkswagen ID lineup. Yeah, see, that's the handy thing about electric cars is they don't have uh, big engines, different size engines and things like that. You can kind of... Um, have a, pla- a flat platform of like the batteries, the 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 four wheels, the the chassis set up the whole lot, um, and the motors kind of built in near the wheels to run the whole car. And um, 
you can put any body you want on it. You can make it an SUV. You can make it a sports car. You can make it whatever you want. Just, uh, you know, adjust the height of the suspension or the type of suspension or the type of wheels or the, you know, uh, whatever adjustments you need to make. But they can all have the same kind of platform. Um, but I suppose with this new battery technology they're working on, it will become, the, the batteries can become part of the structure of the car. If But this could be 10 years down the line, but uh, that would be even better in the future. And plus, I suppose they could get a lot more storage where you could have a, a battery, a car with a battery that could do like eight, a thousand miles on one charge, which would be brilliant. Um, and that's eventually there were just loads of different concepts out there and like um, you know you have wireless charging where they can have wireless charging cars where they have like along the road they have like just in the middle of the road everywhere like every hundred meters or less um, they have like uh, uh, terminals where your car is constantly charging all the time so whatever road you're driving on but that would be far in the future and that would cost an awful lot of money. And plus, how do you charge? I suppose that they could be um, an actual like a tachometer thing like they have in trucks in the cars to see how much power that they used and all that. And that's how you'd pay. Uh, but yeah, that's that's um, there's there's lots of technology. I suppose they're working on all kinds of everything. And, uh, you know, it's the the creation of the electricity as well as if if it's environmental, they need to how they make batteries and how they make electricity are the two uh, the kind of dirtiest environmentally parts of making these electric cars um, yeah they're, they're getting lithium and things like that is is, uh, is not a clean thing to do and making electricity at the moment um, the, the efficiency of like solar and wind uh, isn't as good as it hopefully will be in the future uh, but there is hydroelectric and there's other things as well that's uh, that's a lot clean, a lot uh, more efficient. Um, so anyway, the MEB platform is powering everything on the uh, on the Volkswagen ID lineup, um, including electric cars, SUVs, EVs, sub brands like Skoda and Seat, and even Europe-focused SUV from Ford. That's part of an alliance uh, they created in 2019. All right. Oh, so Ford have a deal with Volkswagen. Um, yeah, Ford have been kind of struggling to catch up to a lot of the electric car companies. And some of the efforts they made uh, from experts are saying that they they weren't as good. Uh, so maybe that's why they're making an alliance with Volkswagen. Volkswagen seem to be catching up uh, pretty well. I suppose the, after their the diesel gate and everything that happened there, um, as they started focusing on electric because it's the it's the only way to get around to get cars that are drivable enough. Um, plus, also able to pass all these emissions tests and all that kind of stuff. And they uh, see it's a trend, thanks to the likes of Tesla and them. Uh, so the new Q4 e-tron will start at 41,900 and the Q4 Sportback e-tron at 43,900. Uh, they will go on sale in Germany in June. Uh, the sales spread into wider, and that's, this is the Verge, oh, that's in, in, it says Euro though. Oh yeah, in Germany, yeah. Oh yeah, so how much will they be here? Probably add another eight or 10,000 each to them. With sales spreading wider into Europe after that and into the US before the end of the year. Uh, that timing might just be perfect. The original e-tron and its own sportsback variant were struggling uh, mighty near the end of 2020 in the US. But sales have shot up dramatically uh, despite the higher price tag. Uh, Biden, President Biden in America is making a big push to encourage electric vehicles, including potentially extending or expanding the 7,500 tax credit. Yeah, so they're uh, they could be the next big thing. Um, plus, yeah, the SUVs seem to be the going thing at the moment. I don't get it to be honest. I prefer a saloon car, but saloon cars seem to be like the Ford Mondeo is gone or going. Um, a lot of saloon cars have been phased out. Although I saw that there's a new, I don't know, it might be just in America, but there's a new Honda Civic saloon coming out, so that's good. But, like, the Accord is gone, and a lot of the saloon cars are gone. People want SUVs, but I always thought, like, uh, SUV is grand if you have a farm and you're driving through fields or something like that. But if you're on the roads, uh, you know, 
they handle better, they're more fuel efficient, everything like that, a normal saloon or hatchback car. It's, it's so strange. I suppose people have the, the more feeling of being safe or something when they're more high up. And, you know, it feels like a stronger vehicle or something. But, like, if you have a higher center of gravity, if you have to swerve a car or something, it's not going to hold the road as well as a car with a lower center of gravity. And it's all about the safety ratings. It's all about the, like, you could have a big Jeep with a two-star NCAP Euro safety rating. And you could have a small car, like a little hatchback, with a five-star and if you have most types of crashes, the, the, the small car would be much safer. So it's, it's all about the, the safety systems that's built into them and things like that. But it's all a personal cho- choice and uh, taste and trends and things like that as well. So Apex Legends now has more than 100 million players. It's a game I've never played, actually. It's a, it's a game that's celebrated its second anniversary. Um... Battle Royale shooter Apex Legends now has more than 100 million unique players globally. Uh, EA and Respawn announced on Wednesday the free-to-play game surpassed the big milestone uh, just over two years after its uh, February 2019 launch. I've seen lots of ads and stuff for it, but I've, no, it's a game I've never played now. Uh, their success is just the latest indication that free-to-play Battle Royale shooters remain very popular despite the genre becoming quite crowded over the last couple of years. Activision's Call of Duty Warzone hit more than 75 million players last August, reaching that mark uh, less than five months after its March 2020 launch, and Epic Games said that its smash hit Fortnite had an eye-popping 350 million registered players uh, last May. Presumably that uh, number has only climbed. Uh, since Apex Legends launched on Xbox, PlayStation and PC, Respawn has continued to add new content and updates to the game and it even released a delayed port to Nintendo Switch in March. The game now has 16 playable characters, 3 different maps and it's currently in its 8th season. Yeah, those type of games are so popular, although I, I, I'm not good enough at gaming for those kind of games. <laughs> even like I was playing with my like, what is he, 12 year old nephew? and call of duty and we had the split screen thing where we were hunting each other and it got so bad he just killed me within 10 seconds every time over and over and over again it got so bad that he was allowed not allowed to have a gun only a knife and i was allowed to have whatever guns i wanted and he was still (laughs) getting me every time he's brilliant although even online he plays and he's really good he's he plays Fortnite and he wins the games. I've seen him win a couple of times where that doesn't happen very often because you have like loads of serious enough gamers on there and he, he can compete with them. So kids nowadays, they're brilliant. Um, TCL's fold and roll concept transforms a 6.87 inch phone into a 10 inch tablet. Uh, it's a delightful mashup of previously showcased flexing and rolling concepts. Uh, so TCL is became famous kind of on Amazon for selling like cheap TVs. I think they're a Chinese TV company. And, you know, you they were able to sell like big enough TVs. They became f- kind of popular in America and stuff on Amazon where, you, you know, you get your, your 50-inch TV for 100 quid less uh, from TCL than you would from Samsung or LG or something. Um but now they're branching off into other stuff. Uh, I have never bought anything TCL. I've never used anything TCL. But apparently they have an uh, OLED TVs and stuff now as well that are supposed to be competitive and pretty okay quality. Uh, TCL is once again teasing a foldable phone concept. And it's a Frankenstein monster of some previously showcased flexible concepts. Call it Fold and Roll. It combines the company's Dragon Hinge technology with an extendable display panel. The result is a 6.87-inch phone that can expand up to 8.5 inches into a phablet size or fully extend to a 10-inch tablet. It's it's amazing, isn't it, the technology nowadays? The company isn't offering any other detailed information. TCL says it's still exploring the technical specifications of the type of device and that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence that the fold and roll will hit the market anytime soon. But TCL did say it plans to launch some kind of foldable phone at the end of 2021. Uh, the company has offered no shortage of foldable display concepts. Most recently, it had several to show off at this year's virtual CES. But there's a long distance between creating concepts and turning them into a mass market. Yeah, it's amazing, though. I see the pictures here now. 
Yeah, it just uh, it's amazing what they can do. Um, still, TCL might be in a good position to address a gap in the rollable phone market. Um, fo- uh, affordable devices, flexing rolling phones are mostly reserved for the high-end market right now. And TCL may well be positioned to offer a less costly option. So it'll be only 1000 instead of 2500 or something, <laughs> like a lot of them at the moment. But yeah, that's uh, another one to watch out for. Uh, Google Assistant can now help to order takeout from restaurants online. Uh, let's fill let let Google fill in some of these details. Well, this is America now, but I, uh, in America now it's on the verge. So I don't know if it's if it applies here. But uh, the pandemic has made ordering restaurant takes out takeouts a little of a bit of a guilty pleasure. Both because it's safer and it helps support local businesses. Google is now trying to make the process faster too by having Google Assistant fill in contact information and payment details automatically on Android phones after you find a restaurant via Google search. To use the new feature, you have to search for whatever restaurant you'd like to order from in the Google um, in the Google app, and select the order online button on the restaurant information card. After making your food selections, you can tag in Google Assistant to complete an order using your stored contact info. Also, once you set it up the first time, choose your restaurant, choose your payment information, and all that um, in the autofill and the whole lot, and put your address into it. Uh, you can say, you know, I'd like to order from Luigi's uh, restaurant uh, uh, the pizza, and then you know they'll they'll have all that information already stored in your Google Home app, and uh, it'll reorder for you, or you can choose from their menu or something like that, whatever's in there. Uh, so that's pretty cool. There are also some big limitations to be aware of. Google tells The Verge that Assistant will only be able to help with pickup orders for now. The, with deliveries coming at some point. Oh, so okay. I, I take back what I just said <laughs> of, the, of the address and all part of it. Yeah, but they, they will be adding that, I suppose. So, but a pickup also, they'll be like, um, you can order it and then you have to go there and pick it up. Sure, that, that's handy too. It also only works with restaurants Google has partnered with for online ordering. Oh, okay. And it can only be initiated from the Google um, app on an Android phone. Uh, Google plans to add more restaurants in the US. Also, this is only in the US at the moment. But the 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 concept is there anyway. The technology is there. So I'm sure uh, once it gets, if it becomes popular, it's kind of like the testing ground, I suppose. Uh, it'll be it'll come over here as well. Um, oh, there's another TCL story I had open. I just opened a load of windows and it just happens to be another one. Uh, they aim to build a better budget phone uh, with the 20 Pro 5G. The company has also announced two more. Twi- I didn't even know they were making phones until the last few days. Uh, two more 20 series devices, the 20L and 20L. Plus, or oh, 20L Plus, oh, there was a plus underneath. Uh, TCL has announced, it's, uh, yeah, let's see, does it say anything about specs and stuff? This is going to be up there with like Xiaomi and those kind of ones. A six point six seven inch ten eighty p OLED. Oh yeah, so it's not a more than ten eighty p screen. HDR ten, which is good, uh, and includes the latest generation of T- TCL's Next Vision technology to identify on screen content and adjust color, contrast, and sharpness accordingly. The twenty Pro five G uses Snapdragon seven seven fifty, so it's like a mid range kind of phone, ten eighty p which wouldn't be, you know, is full HD, but not 4K or something like that. Snapdragon 750 wouldn't be the highest Snapdragon chipset. They go up to like Snapdragon 888. Um, so it's kind of a mid-range phone, but they work well, though. You know, um, I've tried out some phones with the 7 Series chips, and you'd, you'd never know unless you're like a heavy gamer or something doing doing having 50 windows open at the same time <laughs> you'd most most mostly you'll never know the difference um a step up to the 10 uh pro 600 series processor with six gigs of ram i know that's another mid-range like six gig six gigs of ram is kind of mid-range now uh they go up to eight and 12 i think uh yeah the x2 pro my phone has 12 gig of ram even though it's last year's phone so that's very mid-range uh offers 4500 milliamp hour battery sub 6 uh, gigahertz 5g is supported but tcl says it can adapt to include other 5g bands depending on the carrier uh, the phone's main adapter uses a 48 megapixel sensor with a small but important addition optical image stabilization that's very good um you know there is digital image stabilization but it's just kind of 
Uh, it's just using some some digital trickery to stabilize the image, but the, I think optical is always the best um, because it's like using one of the you know the handheld gimbals that keeps your camera or phone from moving around and bouncing around the place. Um, works like one of those, so uh, it's always better to do it manually, and you can always add digital later then to make it even better if you need it. But uh, optical is definitely uh, very handy. Uh, so that's good. For a mid-range phone, it's very good. Um, it's a feature that should help reduce blur in low-light conditions as well. Yeah, uh, it's offered, uh, and it wasn't offered on any of last year's uh, 10 series models. The standard wide camera is accompanied by a 16 megapixel ultra-wide, a 5 megapixel macro and 2 megapixel depth sensing chip and 32 megapixel selfie camera in the front uh, for biometric unlock uh, and for biometric unlock as well. Uh, the 20 Pro includes an in-display fingerprint sensor. Uh, we're pleased to report that the 3.5 headphone jack remains uh, and a micro SD card slot can be available for expansion on the 256 GB of build in storage. Uh, oh, so 256 GB is pretty good as well for definitely for a mid-range phone. That's that's a kind of a an upper mid-range anyway uh, when it comes to storage side of it. So it seems pretty good all rounder. Uh, the 20 uh, Pro 5G goes on sale tomorrow in the UK, Italy, and Portugal for 549. Yeah, see that price then isn't it's good. It's okay, but like I have an uh, X2 Pro Realme from last year. And it has pretty much all around better specs. It has the top Snapdragon. Uh, that one has a slightly bigger battery, all right. I have 4,000 milliamp hours. But it charges in, like, it has fast charge. Although that doesn't mention if it has fast charge or not. Uh, I think I have more than a full HD screen. I have a 2K screen. Um, yeah, the cameras, I have the 64 megapixel camera. So I have double the camera... Um, it doesn't have optical. My one doesn't have optical. I do have a headphone jack. Um, and it has the top Snapdragon. I have uh, 12 gigs of RAM. That has only 6 gigs of RAM. Uh, and UFS 3.0. So, so it has higher specs and it was around the same price. So when it goes for straight value for money, I think it was maybe 450 or like the Pocophone. If you take it for example, that's similar specs to the Pocophone. I think the most expensive, the top spec Pocophone is like 350. So if you're competing against that, um, I think the Pocophone would beat that anyway. The only is it's is Pocophone 5G. I'm not sure actually. Uh, the TCL 20 and 20L uh, Plus are the most budget orientated device. They offer both 6.67 and 1080p, uh, 5,000 milliamp hour battery, Snapdragon 662. So it's a lower down Snapdragon. That's if you go lower enough, I suppose. It might start say if you're a kind of a heavy enough user or a medium user, you might start affecting speed. If you like jump from one to the other, you know, say if you if you went from a higher spec phone, it got broken or something, you said, I'll just buy a cheaper one. You might notice the difference like, oh, this is this is dragging a bit. Uh, four gig of RAM. Oh, so that's the cheaper one. Uh, the base model, the plus model starts at six gig. Uh, the 20L plus, uh, plus also features 64 megapixel main camera. So that's the same as. Uh, what I have, uh, the 20L includes a 48 megapixel main sensor. Oh, so yeah, so it's it's six, 32, 48 and 64 for the three levels. Uh, both devices include an 8 megapixel ultra wide, 2 megapixel macro and 2 megapixel depth sensor and a six, 16 megapixel selfie camera. Both phones also use circular polarization display technology so that the screen is visible from any angle. I suppose they are a kind of a, a screen company, you know, they make the TVs and all that, so I presume their screens will be quite good. Um, apparently, Xiaomi, they have the new 11 Pro, but it's like the I, I had the 9, the Xiaomi Mi 9T, and there's the Mi 11, uh, Mi 9T Pro I had. Um but now the 11, line that was like 500 and something or less. And the new one is like a thousand euro or 900. You know, it's the same price as the, as the Ultra Samsung. But their screen is apparently better. But for the price, it's, you know, they're making the same kind of mistake as OnePlus made. You know, OnePlus had the OnePlus 1 and 2 where, 
you could buy the high specs of like a top Samsung for the same, for half the price, you know, that kind of thing, or for three quarters of the price. And then they went to the newer ones and they went up and the prices were the exact same as the Samsung's. But then I don't, sales mustn't have been as good or started to drop off uh, because people were just saying like, uh, the before they were going like, oh, forget about the name. I'm going to get a higher spec. I'm going to sacrifice the name a bit to get the higher spec. That's what I do all the time. Um, but uh, what was happening was they were getting the same price. So I was saying like, oh, but it's a Samsung, you know, I'll get that. It's an it's an iPhone, I'll get that instead. They're the same price anyway. Uh, so even if the specs are a little bit better, uh, yeah, but it might be better if it's a Samsung or whatever brand, you know, that they they were no the old brands. And the 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 sales must have dropped off. So they brought out the Nord, uh, the OnePlus Nord, which is like uh, the old OnePlus Two or Three, you know, that kind of pretty high specs but for a low price again so and that's where uh, Xiaomi are making the same kind of thing they, they're supposed to use the the previous models to establish the name and now they think oh people are in the people are used to buying them they have a good name let's put the prices up you know and make maximize profits and that kind of thing but uh, you know they were still bringing out new phones all the time they were making a lot of money but I suppose they have investors and boards and stuff and they want to maximize their profits and all that kind of thing but um yeah it's a pity but people will just jump to the next one you know the people are on buying the poker phone now if you want to kind of a pretty high spec for a very low price kind of thing people jump to the poker phone but you know they could become popular and they have been kind of popular but they could get bigger and then people leave them go to someone else um They'll just go for the, 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 the best value for money that they can get. Um, and that's what I'll keep doing anyway as well. Because, well, I don't know. I haven't even checked the new version of mine. Because you know what? I'm, I'm kind of satisfied enough with mine. It's still kind of ahead of the game of a lot of even new phones. Come like the likes of that one now. Uh, it's still kind of ahead of the game. So it's working great. Um, the battery isn't lasting quite as long. But I used to have like by the end of the day, I used to have still 75%. But maybe now it's like 50 or 40%. But it's still the end of the day. So it doesn't matter. Um and even over the next few months, maybe by the end of the day, I might have only 25% or 30% left if it's if it degradates further or whatever. But I actually don't fast charge it that much unless I'm really in a hurry. I use the slow charge because it helps to prolong the life of the battery. Fast charging uh, can be hard on the batteries, all right? Um, there's new technology coming out for that now as well because they said like if you charge your phone and in it's say plugging in at night and it's 50% and in within half an hour it's full and then you're asleep all night and it's like trickle charging keeping it at 100% all the time that that's not great uh, so you can kind of set it to these new things to kind of slowly charge during the night and then finish charging at the end of the day um or just before you wake up say finish it off finish it charging um to 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 don't have it full uh, because that can damage batteries and things like that uh so road connect lets you mix up to four usb mics at once as long as it's with the company's nt usb mini um usb microphones are great for creators starting out in podcasting until they have to mic up more than one person in a room uh there hasn't been an efficient way to simultaneously record multiple usb mics on one computer uh there has been though i like you can open up um adobe audition or mixcraft i use sometimes and i could plug in like i have my um four uh, four uh, USBs into one uh, USB trees and plug it in uh, to four ports and I could plug in four mics and uh, USB mics and then choose choose them in the let's say left and right one and left and right two to, to have four mics recording at the same time in, in Mixcraft software or I'm sure lots of other softwares you just choose your input so maybe they don't count that as an easy way to do it but Anyway, USB microphones, uh, so they said there hasn't been an efficient way to simultaneously record multiple USB mics on one computer. So now Rode is introducing an app that starts to offer the solution. Plus, you can have XLR mics and you can record as many as you want. 
uh, Rode's new app Rode Connect lets you record multi-track or mixed stereo audio also it's their new app okay uh, when plugged in up to four USB microphones into your computer there's one big catch though uh, for now you can only use this with the one U- model of USB microphone the Rode uh, the 99 euro Rode NT USB so it's not a bad price for a Rode, Rode microphones are very good uh, you can think of the app as a virtual version of Rode's 599 hardware mixer, the Rodecaster Pro, which uh, allows you to plug in multiple XLR microphones, play audio clips and record locally. Uh, the Rode Connect does that in an app uh, on your computer with USB mics, uh, which can come in handy. Uh, so the Rodecaster, I presume, uses oh yeah, XLR, yeah, so you can use XLR microphones. So this does... This is an app that you can yeah use what like what I use the 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 four into one, and you can plug in your mics. So it's kind of handy, I suppose. Yeah, which can come in handy for those who do not have an external mixer or professional microphones. Uh, but since the app is locked into Rode's uh, USB microphone ecosystem, it's hard to take full advantage of it. The NT USB Mini is also not necessarily the best sounding. Oh, okay. So you Rode you you presume are usually pretty good uh, USB microphone that even Rode has to offer. <laughs> so, okay. So you are pretty limited on sound quality as well. Uh, Rode says the NT-USB Mini's digital um, signal processing is the reason uh, it's the only microphone to work in this system. Uh, the processing lightens the load on the computer by having internal EQs and compression presets work inside the microphone instead of running through your computer. Uh, according to Rode, there may be more models uh, of this microphone added to the Rode Connect uh, capability list. The company says we are actively looking on how to expand the selection of microphones available to use with Rode Connect. Where possible, we will integrate other Rode mics in the solution. Uh, like the Rodecaster Pro, live streaming seems to be an ideal use case for the new app. Rode Connects allows you to add system audio to the mixer, which lets you mix any sounds playing on your computer or a single application like FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, YouTube, and so on. Uh, if you have a streaming setup, something like OBS, you can select uh, the aggregate sound device that Rode creates as your input. Oh yeah, so that's pretty that's pretty handy, but as I said, they'll need to add more microphones and things like that. Sony's new PS5 update. Oh yeah, so okay. I, I actually did it yesterday. I turned on my PS5 and it needed an update and it actually helped a big problem that I had been having. The problem I'd been having is connection with the... Uh, I got one of the media controllers and lately... Uh, for the last I got it Christmas so since maybe February until now I had every time I use it pretty much when I shut down and restart the controller had lost uh, connection to the because it works by Bluetooth it, it couldn't connect to the or it worked for one it it went left or something or it turned on the computer or turned on the, P, the PS5 and then it wouldn't do anything else or like I had been using the controller and I said, oh, I'll put on Netflix now. I press the Netflix button, press the Netflix button on the media remote and all of a sudden it won't do anything else. So it was like very strange. And also the voice part wasn't working for you press, there's a little voice button on it where you can talk to it and tell it to do different things. Uh, say to look, instead of typing out a big long, some, something you want to look up in YouTube or something, you can just speak it and it'll do it. That wasn't working. That wasn't activated. So the update fixed whatever connection problems because I uh, I did an update and it still wasn't working right so what I did was I disconnected reconnected again and then I shut down restarted a couple of times and it worked perfect every time and it goes through all the menus it's back working like it was at the beginning so whatever um, whatever problem had happened they seemed to have fixed it anyway uh, but there's, they've also added more stuff. The new PS5 update includes surprise improvements to HDR and 120 hertz support. Uh, the update also lets you store PS5 games on US, USB drives. Uh, the new PS5 software update is live now and includes some surprise improvements to HDR and 120 hertz support. Uh, while Sony already detailed a big new feature to let players store but not play PS5 games, on an external hard drive there's also a new option to automatically switch video output to non-HDR when using a game or app a game or app that doesn't support HDR Uh, so you can store your games your PS5 games on an external hard drive Uh, I suppose it's handy but like what I do at the moment is I just delete the games uh, but the like the purchase 
purchased thing stays in the store. So say if I got the new Call of Duty and I was halfway through and I want to get another game and it says you don't have enough space. Uh, or an old game. Say I wanted to have a couple of new games and uh, there was enough. I, I could delete an old game and then um, re-download it again if I wanted. So it's kind of like it's always stored in their in their cloud for you. You can like if you purchase something two years ago, you can still download it now. Uh, even my PS4 games and all that are all still purchased in the store. So that's it's kind of a way of storage. But if you want to say if you are going somewhere that has bad internet or something, you want to bring your PS5 with you, you can have all your games there uh, in a hard drive and just transfer them over. So I suppose it's handy that way. Uh, this is a key improvement for those using HDR. So the HDR thing as well, there's also an option for automatically switch video output to non-HDR when you're using a game app that doesn't support HDR. Uh, this is a key improvement to those using HDR on the PS5, as it now means you no longer have to dig into the settings menu to manually disable HDR uh, when you're viewing SDR content. Alongside these HDR changes, the updates also adds two new HDMI controls in the system part of the PS5 menu. You can now toggle one-touch play, which will automatically turn on a connected TV. That's actually, I found that kind of, it was, now this could be my TV uh, has this automatic thing as well. And I, I've been into settings trying to, because for some reason I shut down my PS5 and then I press the button to turn off the TV and it turns the PS5 back on again. So it's very weird. Um, uh, I I actually have to shut down the PS5 and immediately turn the TV off because if it, the PS5 is fully shut down and I press the button to turn off the TV, it takes the for some reason the PS5 picks that up as to turn itself back on again. Then I have to turn the TV back on again, shut it down again. So I have to immediately turn off the TV. Don't let the PS5 fully shut down before I press the button. So it's very strange. Uh, I tried to turn off everything in the TV settings I could. Um, but this is a new thing that's added to that. You can also toggle power off link, which allows PS5 to enter rest mode if you turn off the TV connected to your console. Uh, Sony also supports more PC monitors with 120 hertz in the update. If you have a 1080p PC monitor that supports 120 hertz, it should now work in this refresh rate with the PS5. Unfortunately, variable refresh rate uh, support is still missing on the PS5 though. The latest software update also includes better options for quickly disabling in-game chat, uh, an option uh, in the search for purchase games and the ability to hide games in a library. Yeah, so that's new stuff they've added. Uh, we're almost finished now. Uh, 121 new uh, jobs at risk at PayPal in Dublin and Dundalk. This is on RT Tech uh, News. 121 roles could be lost at PayPal's operations in Dublin and Dundalk, staff had been told. The online payments firm is proposing to relocate a selection of positions in a limited number of teams in both locations to other locations around the world. So that's, that's, that would be a pity. Uh, impacted workers will be able to apply for other jobs within the company for an enhanced voluntary or an enhanced uh, voluntary redundancy package. PayPal is committed to ensuring that colleagues who leave under the proposed charges are treated fairly and generously, the firm said in a statement. Staff were briefed on the situation uh, today. Is this article from today? Uh, the 14th of April, so it's from yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, I hope that things work out for them. PayPal currently employs more than 2,800 people in Ireland, so it's a big, that's a lot of people. Uh, but uh, I hope they treat them fairly and stuff anyway. Uh, the best time to buy a new TV, uh, spoiler, wait a few months. The new TVs, new TVs are coming out now, but prices are high as they'll ever be. So there's like a season for new TVs to come out. I just thought they were coming out all the time. Waiting until fall prices drop uh, to save yourself hundreds of dollars. Like clockwork, the prices on new TVs follow a regular annual cycle knowing when prices will fall could save you some money or at least uh, some pricing anxiety there's a cycle in a nutshell ces super bowl spring shipments minor summer price drops uh, black friday uh, christmas uh, major price drops uh, new tvs are announced at ces in January and they're not available then however uh, there are often sales in the weeks leading up to Super Bowl well in America, I don't know what it'll be here I suppose it'd be Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Christmas and things like that but they're on uh, the previous year's models current models uh, year model year TV start shipping in the spring and that's um, 
when they're at their most expensive. There's something a slight uh, price drop in the summer, but not always. During uh, the autumn the and leading up to the Christmas, there are usually bigger price cuts. Black Friday and Cyber Monday often have the best deals on both cheaper doorbuster models as well as the best TVs. And these prices can often be had throughout December uh, and Christmas. That brings us back to CES in January and the cycle begins anew. So when is the best time? Uh, are you happy with the TV you have now? Forget all the new tech. If your TV works and you're happy with it, keep it. Don't feel any pressure to upgrade. Modern TVs are on average brighter and have better picture quality more than the TVs from a few years ago. Unless you're the type of videophile who wants to tweak every setting and fixates on nits and color accuracy. However, you probably don't need a new TV. Uh, best TVs of CES 2021, brighter OLED, mini Q, uh, mini LED, QLED. Yeah, so the mini LED seems to be the closest thing you can get to OLED. The QLED and those don't seem to be as good. Um, the pressure to upgrade. So what does it say? When is the sales? The biggest uh, single days for TV sales are, of course, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Uh, there are always some incredibly cheap 4K TVs on offer, but that's not the whole story. First of all, the TVs that get the biggest discounts are usually either no-name brands or low-end models from name brands. Yeah, some of them are pretty good, though. You know, like the, I said, the TV I have, like this, the software on that is is not great. It's a um, Toshiba 65-inch. But... Um, it's the screen is actually very good in it. I find the screen quality very like you, you know a good screen from when you're watching a very dark kind of movie and there's people moving around and stuff, and you can tell um, what kind of refresh rate or how the quality of the panel, and it's actually pretty good. Like most of them are just LG panels anyway, because uh, they they make most of them. They just buy the panels off of them, but you want decent hardware to run it. But you know, the, like the menus and stuff are average at best and the the likes of netflix apps and all those don't really work very well on it but it doesn't matter i have the ps5 with all that stuff anyway so i just want a good panel i have a surround sound system for the sound i have software to to run all the netflix and all that on the ps5 and all that so i just want a good panel i don't really care about the rest so it was like 470 euros for a 65 inch 4k and and a nice looking screen uh, so i was delighted with that um so you know uh that's what i look out for you know i don't i'm not it doesn't have to have deadly speakers and all that in it because i'm not going to be using them anyway uh like i've had three different tvs on the same sound system i have like a sony i got from years ago a surround sound with dts and stuff and it's great uh second massive discounts on tvs are rare in general it might be counterintuitive but tvs uh, typically don't have much markup there isn't a lot of profit in a 500 quid tv so unless uh, the store is trying to clear out stock you shouldn't expect a gigantic drop in price even during sales. Plenty of good discounts are available. They're just not going to be 50% off or similar, unless there's a specific reason that model is getting such an extreme discount or it's a door buster in limited quantities. Uh, third, the most, most big companies don't allow stores to offer their own pricing. It's called UPP, Unilateral Pricing, uh, pricing Policy. Unilateral? pricing policy uh, it means that a tv from the company is going to cost uh, the same whether it's amazon or best buy or anywhere else as well as uh, to continue selling tvs if you want to continue selling tvs from that company uh, what about next year's tech so to put it succinctly there's also there's always something new around the corner if this is your yeah i'd say if you want to future proof if you want to buy a tv now and you said i want to have this for the next you know six or eight years and a nice quality tv that someone could come on in three or four years time and say oh that's lovely you know that's a good that's a good it's still up to date and i'd recommend i know they're a bit more expensive but an oled um 4k oled i think say you'd be safe enough that way um regardless of brand um most tvs are fairly reliable nowadays i don't hear of like certain brands like dying early compared to the next one um yeah that uh, yeah so if you want a, a top quality screen that's going to you know you want to invest a bit in and it, it's going to last a while i'd say oled 
and um, look out for OLED and uh, as big as you can get. Definitely recommend as big as if it'll fit in your sitting room, get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I'm 65 inch now and I had to kind of squeeze it in because <laughs> I don't have a massive sitting room. But I'd still get 75 inch. I'd make it fit. I'd zoom, I love I love watching my movies and my TV and the bigger the better. Um, yeah, so that's almost that's it now for today so it's kind of we ended there on a bit of uh, a bit of a uh, uh, advice and stuff like that is uh all depends on your budget i suppose but yeah like you can you can get if you shop around you can get great deals and sometimes it's worth waiting you know uh, my own one there i was waiting waiting for a while looking for a new tv and i was thinking you know i was going to spend a bit more and then i was like i don't know if i want to spend that kind of money and i just kept an eye out and all of a sudden the sale popped up uh and it was i wasn't bothered about the brand as much even toshiba is a good brand though um but i just uh because you know you some people get put off that the 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 software mightn't be great and the apps and things like that but i said i don't need any of those i have i have my xiaomi mi stick which is turns any tv into kind of an android tv anyway although that i'm 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 kind of gonna the more i use that the more i don't like it as much the menu and stuff and the i i mess around with the colors trying to fix it and it, it has improved it a lot but it's still when i jump from the ps5 over to that it definitely there's a big difference uh now it's only 1080p but what i might actually what might might be good uh is the and i might try out at some stage is the google's own the chromecast tv uh which might be a better version of that um because I have a, like an old Android box on my upstairs TV and it's given trouble with YouTube. The It's blipping every maybe 30 seconds or something like that. Uh, I don't know what's going wrong with it. Uh, sometimes it's left on overnight and it gets hot. So that could be the problem. But yeah, Netflix crashes as well and little writing thing comes up. We had a problem with something and then it crashes and then I have to start it again, the movie or something. Well, no, just reopen it. It'll go back to where it was. But yeah, so I, I might... And the me stick is kind of I don't know it's a bit slow. Uh, maybe it's because I've installed a good few apps in it now or something. But it's definitely not as fast as the Android box. But then the Android box is a little un- unreliable at the moment. So the, I might be thinking about if the price goes down. The price isn't moving on that. Uh, it's been like seventy euros. I was hoping it might come down to 50 or something and uh, I'll keep an eye out maybe Black Friday or something now. See, it's worth waiting so I might wait until the likes of Black Friday or something and get one of those um, or some sale to come up one of those um, Chromecast TVs. Uh, the, the It's just a little dongle that plugs in the side and you have remote control with it and you can have Netflix and the, it has voice and all that kind of stuff and it's getting pretty good reviews because it's Google's own software proprietary so it'll have all the proper licenses to have the best versions of all the different streaming apps and things like that so that might be you see I got my Mi stick before that came out so if that had came out I probably would have got the Mi stick or I probably would have got that instead of the Mi stick um, but yeah I'm just waiting on price now to come down to uh, I might try to sell the Mi stick or something and uh, and get that get put the money towards getting one of those or something like that Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm rambling on there. <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed it. We've looked at uh, lots of different things in tech. If you've anything you'd like me to talk about, or if you have any questions or um, anything like that, you can call zero six nine double six two hundred, or you can uh, text zero eight seven one double six nine eight hundred anytime, and that goes WhatsApp as well. Or you can always email reception one hundred two at gmail dot com and tag it for Tech Thursday or Patrick Sheehan and I'll get back to you on the next show thanks for listening peace you're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM